0: Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show.
1: Moving iron in the 21st century. Oh. You'll find us here, moving iron.
0: Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown with Sean Hackett. Sean, how you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Mister Casey. Really, really good. And uh, we got we got some markets to talk about. Finally, yay!
0: Yeah, we actually have something positive to talk about. It sounds like it's uh, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be a, uh, a fun a fun ride here. The next few days, I think uh you take a look what's going on. So let's let's go back in here so we had this weekend come around and and Trump pretty much said uh President Trump said we're gonna put tariffs on everything that's out there as far as China's concerned. Uh we're going to have a some stimulus package put together for the for the US farmers based on what, what China's gonna do because he realized who they're gonna target and somehow he's gonna still have a deal done by June first. I don't know how that's going to happen but but all that being said um i think what the market finally did is that they had so the tariff situation can't get any worse right they, they they have full-blown tariffs on everything that comes from china nothing that you can get any worse than that um and and now they've quit focusing on the tariffs and, and what that's going to do the market and now we're starting to look at the funds are starting to say you know what That May 20th date is getting really close, and there's still a lot of stuff that hasn't been planted. And the word prevent plant, the phrase has been popping into the market quite a bit. So the weather market is finally here, I guess.
1: Well, we've had this, this overhang for months about this fear of an escalation of the trade war. It's kept the market from linking up. To other factors, we talked about this on the, on your program week after week. How we're not, you know, we've been unable to link up to other factors, and this crescendo on Thursday night, where we just said tariff escalation, here we come, and we traded the panic trade. I, you said it perfectly. We have now, what's the fear now? What's the fear? We've already done it. Right. You know, the only thing that can happen now, maybe things get a little less escalated. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I, I think it's finally freed the market to focus on weather and other things that, yeah, that are really, really significant right now. And, and, and we are now on the other side of that trade. And um, you know, from our perspective, this is one of the most serious planning situations for weather that we've seen in a very, very long time. And, and with the kind of short covering that is required here or that could happen here based upon the positioning leading into this. You know, th- this has some legs to it, Casey. I, I don't think this is a, a two day rally. I mean, I think this could go on for weeks and months, uh, yeah. depending on how long this weather stays uh, stays nasty and how much it really uh, impacts things. But it just it looks like it's going to get worse at least into the end of the month, if not into June. So,
0: yeah, yeah and it's you go out. So, where I'm at right now, I'm uh, in uh, Western Nebraska, Eastern Colorado, and we look at what's going on. Guys are in the field uh, now, back in the field running. They're doing good. We've got a stretch of about. Um, well, till about Monday, we got to stretch till we get a rain, and then next week is a is a another trough cycle of that of that kind of on again, off again rain, cooler temperatures, those kind of things. Yeah, really goes back to what what you've been talking about for some while now is that it's that on again, off again. You know, get a good week, get a bad week, get a good week, get a bad week, get a good week, get a bad week, and some of these areas where you've got, you know, to, to, you don't a week's not long enough to get guys back in the field. It might take three or four or five days for it to really dry out to where they get back to the field. They go out and work for two and then yeah. they've five or six days of, of, of inclement weather as far as planning goes. So talk about that a little bit and how you see that kind of weather pattern hit, playing out through, uh, through the rest of the spring here.
1: Well, we, we've been talking about, you know, the, the, the solar cycle. And on Friday, uh, I think you released the report that we, or the, the interview that we did on, on um, what, what some of these patterns are, but the stagnant weather pattern we talked about in that, Uh, on that interview and the stagnant weather pattern is has been since September of last year, low pressure in the Northwest, high pressure in the Southeast and the rain train pumping moisture into the Midwest. And, you know, there's, we have brief periods where, like you said, it it ebbs and then But we're coming right back to this pattern over the weekend. And it's just going to start spinning around. Oddly enough, you mentioned, you know, where it's raining somewhere, it's not raining, Right. Well, the southeast, Georgia, is actually in drought conditions. They're expected to hit record, almost record high temperatures next week. They haven't had rain in over 35, 40 days. The southeast is burning up. So that's the, that's the yin and the yang uh, of, of where they're not getting it uh, versus where they are getting it because this pattern is just stagnant and it's going to continue to be that way. So so this is a perfect situation of ha- where you could have floods, excessive rainfall, and drought side by side simultaneously causing problems uh, which which is the which is the um, which is exactly what the meridional you know north to south jet stream flow produces and it causes all kinds of problems that we are still trying to figure out how bad it's going to be you know
0: so i just got my alert here on my phone for uh, for the markets and corn and soybeans are taking off again right now uh december corn is uh, up 7 at Three ninety-four and three quarters. Um, we're about six cents off of where it was uh, three weeks ago when everything kind of took a took a dive. So we, we've gained back about the bulk of the uh, of the thirty cents, and,
1: and we are th- almost thirty-five cents off Monday morning's intraday low. Thirty-five cents—it's crazy. But remember, it's volatility. Yay! We yep. need it's good stuff.
0: It's a. Uh, and it's on the back of, like you said, I mean, it's not good news, but it's not, it's not bad news either, you know, with this whole tariff thing. But now we're focusing on on the things that need to be focused on, and that's obviously the, the weather situation that we see happening out here.
1: And, you and, I, and you, you and I have said for weeks that we are t- <clears throat> tired of talking about trade. We're tired of focusing on trade, and I think we're done. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean we're still going to talk about but I mean, I think we are done that being the prime driver of the markets, we are now moving into, you know, the growing season on the entire northern hemisphere, including Asia and Russia and, 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 and EU. And so we're going to start getting into the point where markets are going to act like they would more normally act based upon weather and currencies and things. And from that perspective, you know, it, it's going to be, a, I think, a more rational market and a market that will act more uh, appropriately and, and provide the right. Clarity for what needs to be done on the producer side, what needs to be done on the end user side, to handle the volatility that's clearly been fired up and that I don't see going away anytime soon, based upon what I see coming going forward. So,
0: all right, so let's let's talk about another situation that I've been I've been now that we're kind of in this holy crap, uh, corn's getting close. uh, You know, you hit that insurance date, and it's really not worth planting corn after that date, obviously, because you can't insure it, and there's all the different things that come into that, but. The, the follow up to that is soybeans. Right. And you look at the soybean market we have right now and yeah, soybean markets have been <clears throat> absolutely trading on fire of late. But the last ending stock reports, we have about nine times more uh, uh, carry out than we've had in the past. So I, I guess what's your opinion of of soybeans and where do you see those headed?
1: Well, I mean, you're not going to have a big rally in corn and wheat and think soybeans are going to go down. I mean, it doesn't work that way. So, so you know, the whole grain markets are bouncing. And, and obviously, I mean, if we have continued wet weather all the way into mid-June, we're going to start pushing soybean dates. Right. Now, we're not there yet, and I'm not, you know, we're not at what I call mission critical yet on soybeans. We're at mission critical on corn. We're at mission critical on, like, Kansas City wheat as we're approaching harvest. I mean, those are – Soybeans could intermission mission critical. I think the market might be just saying maybe we need to put in a little weather premium in soybeans in case we get to mid-June and, and that doesn't get planted. I'm not, I'm not ready to say that yet, but I mean, I think the market's starting to think a little bit that maybe that's, you know, we need, maybe we need to be thinking about that a little bit. But 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 clearly soybeans have a, have a bigger problem to get over uh, versus corn. Uh, you know, corn can very easily you know, drop half its ending stocks without much of a, of a problem. Soybeans, you know, you really, really need to have a, a, a bad August weather pattern to, to really put a dent into it. Maybe we do. Some of the early weather models today suggest that we're going into a very hot, dry August, but it's way too early yet to give too much credence to that. We need to get further on into to, to late June or July before we can think about maybe that happening. So I think soybeans are going are gonna to start lagging behind corn and wheat. Um, until we can get some better clarity on are there going to be a prevent plan in, in soybeans um, and 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 is this August weather going to turn out hot and dry because if it does all bets are off
0: right okay so we've had a uh, a pretty good run in oil and a lot of that has to do with uh, some uh, some friction we've had between Saudi Arabia it sounds like uh, Iran has uh, blew up a few tankers out there or attacked a few tankers and it, and it shot oil up pretty high um, on Monday. It, it traded back down by the end of the day, but that the oil situation is getting to be a, a bit of a volatile, get to be a little more volatile than, than what we have uh, had in the past. So with that, you see as corn, as uh, oil goes up, corn comes with it. And, and usually that that has a pretty good trend with ethanol so as you look at ethanol and as you look at the overall oil marketplace what do you see happening there and how do you see that playing out over the next uh through the spring
1: well i mean obviously the middle east seems like a mess i mean it's always a mess but i mean it seems like it's really escalating i mean the, the recent couple of days of iran and they're gonna it just seems like we're, we're moving towards some kind of a conflict i mean just that's what it seems to me and and if we get into a full-blown conflict i mean we've, we've put Aircraft carriers and all kinds of, of ships you know, in, in the region I mean we're escalating towards something, and if we get that region into a big conflict, you know crude oil has the potential to go up you know 10 or twenty dollars a barrel I mean we've seen it happen many times before and um, and obviously higher energy prices um, is a friend for ethanol and it's a friend for corn. Um, we don't want oil prices to go up too high that it crushes the global economy, but you know ten or twenty dollars higher I think wouldn't do that, but it also would be a big big help. To improve the margins for ethanol, not only here but globally, and improve the, the the demand for the feedstock that goes into it. So, so not that I wish war or escalating tensions on anybody, but but if that were to happen, I mean, it would definitely be supportive to more corn ethanol demand uh, than not. So,
0: okay, cattle marketplace here. The last, uh, especially this week, first part of the week when the Dow took took its dive and it slowly kind of started coming back the doubt the the outside markets haven't responded you know the dow and, and the uh s&p 500 haven't responded the way that that corn and beans and and the other commodities have um they they've they're coming back up and they've had some gains yesterday but it took a pretty big hit and along with that um you saw uh cattle market go with it so talk about the cattle market and where you see it headed
1: well, the cattle market, you know, for, uh, has always had a high correlation coefficient to stock movements. It's, it's um, not, you know, it's not 100%, but I mean, they're, in times of panic in the sell- selling of stocks or buying of stocks, you can see the, the cattle market take it on the chin or or go the other way. And so that has not been helpful. Having said that, you know, the, the, the correction has been so severe and we're pushing into such extremely strong underlying support areas we think there's going to be less and less sensitivity even if the stock market were to start pushing even lower we don't think the cattle market would continue to follow along we think the other factors that we see which is finally getting some some seasonal demand to get going because the spring weather has not been good to get the grilling season off to a fast start but it is going to be warming up as it always does and it is going to be getting better and at the same time african swine fever is what it is and we know the demand out of brazil the demand of australia's you know recent numbers have really been escalating and so so we think the worst is over for cattle doesn't mean it has to fire back up but we think we're going to start building a base and start turning up as we as we further into may and into june as we as we start trading something different than you know than than the stock market and trade so yep
0: uh cattle or the hog market when you look at it um obviously took a big hit when when the uh news of the added tariffs come in but our hogs are something that China's going to have to buy, irregardless if it goes through directly from us or through two different countries before it gets to China, they're going to buy our hogs. So what's happening with the hog market and, and what is your, are you still in the same bullish market thought process as you, as you have been
1: long-term? I mean, the cow market, I mean, the uh, hog market, it, it, you know, it's going to be well supported and it really, fact, quite frankly, needs to go higher. Short term, the only thing that we see and that we're watching is that we know that China has put in place uh, this idea that all this pork that's been put into freezers in China after this huge slaughter that they went under, that they're going to be testing all this supply on after July 1st for African swine fever. So the thought process is that anyone that's got pork in the freezer in storage, why would you want to take a chance? They're going to say you have infected pork. You can't sell it. Everyone's going to try to flood the Chinese market and get this this pork supply out of the freezers before July 1st so that they can at least get some money for it. So we, we think that could temporarily provide some ample supplies near term for China and maybe give them a break of not having to panic buy U.S. pork like they had been a couple of months back. And so so there might be a little bit of an indigestion in U.S. hog prices here over the next you know, I don't know, thirty or forty-five days. Nothing major, but but probably a pause. And then after July first, it's lights out. There's and then the supply is gone, and, and then it's 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 a real big problem. And so 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 longer term, we think hog market's going higher. We would be looking though for a short-term setback in pork to buy based upon this this uh, liquidation of frozen pork supplies in China based upon this uh, this coming deadline. So okay,
0: right on. Cotton, something we've talked about here a little bit, um, and, and I've—it's on again, off again with this recession, right? So one week we've we've dodged the bullet and things are good, and then the next week it's well, we might have, be a year or two out, and we could see a slowing of the economy or some some level of recession, which has a great effect on the cotton market. So when you look at the cotton market right now, what do you see? Do you see more cotton acres getting planted because of? Um, of maybe some prevent corn situation or or something along those lines i mean where, where do you see cotton headed and could there be uh, a supply issue uh as far as oversupply of cotton hitting our marketplace
1: well the whole world's going to plant more cotton has had been the only profitable crop for the last couple of years and and anyone who's anyone should have sold higher prices a while back it should be in pretty good shape even though prices are 65 or 67 cents now um uh, Cotton has you you have more time to get cotton planted. You you, you know, it's more of a durable crop. Um, we do think the acres are going to be okay. Um, there is you know this drought problem in southeast. You know, Georgia's a big cotton state, and um, and, and we are still looking at some heavy rains in Texas coming. So we, there is some now that we're at sixty five cents, Casey, you know, this is a pretty significant support area that we have been targeting for maybe a short term low. Short term low. Um, And we think that based upon this drought in the southeast and excessive rain in Texas, we probably could get some kind of a technical rally, short covering rally based upon the weather. But ultimately, you know, we really don't, we're not as excited about cotton prices as we are about corn, for example. Uh, we, we, we think that this overall longer term demand headwind for uh, coming for the global economy is not over yet. And we think the market needs to trade higher global production lower global demand and, and and reach some kind of a lower point in the fall before we think we could set you know the kind of law we think we've set in corn and, uh, you know this past week we, we think we think it's further out on cotton but we are looking for a short-term rally and and for those farmers that need to sell or haven't sold as much as they would want look for that rally as an opportunity to get some more crops sold but we're we're not really very constructive on cotton beyond the very short term basis right now
0: right on all right sean well plenty of stuff going on uh the volatility stuff we've been talking about here over the last uh, couple of months and, and needing that volatility to ha- to take place to get the market to rally, we are definitely seeing that now. And uh, yeah. so it's a great time for folks to uh, kind of get their, their ducks in a row when they're looking at what, what their possible next moves are. So if folks want to reach out to you or pick your brain or something like that, how would they do that?
1: Our website is the best at Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. We have podcasts, webinars, videos, white papers, sample reports, and all kinds of descriptions of what we do to see if our way of looking at markets might be of, of value to your listeners. So,
0: Well, plenty of stuff on that website, folks, to look at. A lot of good information out there. So, Sean, take care of yourself Till next week. Have a good one, and uh, stay dry, my friend.
1: All right, will do. Sounds good, Mr. Casey. Thanks. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at MovingIronPodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Mellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Burnbaum. Please visit MovingIronLLC.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron. Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and GlobalAgNetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out.
1: Moving iron in the 21st century.